The term cover song goes back decades to the late 1940s and early 1950s when a cover song was originally a song or a tune that was recorded quickly to compete with the recently released original and popular version. An early example is Hank Williams' 1952 hit, Jambalaya, who crossed over to the hit parade and had numerous hit versions by several different musicians. Over time, the term cover song has evolved to simply mean a remake, revival, or performance of a song by a musician other than the original performer or composer of that song. A great cover song is a song that takes something familiar and old and transforms it into something new altogether. On today's episode, Audrey Fink will join me and we will count down our 10 favorite cover songs of all time. Because the times are tough now and they're just getting tougher and this whole world is rough and it's just getting rougher. So cover me, come on baby, cover me. This is That One Show, Season 2, Episode 12, Top 10 Cover Songs. show season two episode 12 top 10 cover songs recorded live at uncle Bruin in macedonia ohio yeah. i am as always your host brian cones i am joined on today's episode with the one and only audrey fink audrey how are you today i'm doing good <laughs> so we are going to cover our 10 favorite cover songs today 10 through 1 counting them down before we get to that introduce yourself very briefly and maybe let the listeners know one or two or three of your favorite musical artists that are out today <laughs> okay where do i start it's so hard i love them all i can't just choose my favorites well but we all know you have one particular favorite I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> justin wells <laughs> yeah you had a whole show about justin and i love that show you did good i love your show and i like my sister dixie on the show with you <laughs> you guys jib jab and i always want to know what happens next so i tune in and um my favorite singers justin wells and i like classic rock music of any kind um folk music america <laughs> so we're we're doing cover songs today and you and i have been working on this particular episode for a little while we've had a couple delays we're finally doing it here live in front of an audience of some rowdy belligerent type yeah, people yeah. <laughs> <Drinking games. laughs> and uh what 
particularly do you enjoy about a good cover? Do you like one that's faithful to the original? Do you are you partial to one that's totally remade into something new and basically just the words and lyrics are the same? I like a cover song that um, sounds. I mean, you know the song and you know the lyrics because you've heard it before, but you want it to have a different sound. So with my cover artists, I want them to sound different or make that song their own. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly because if it's just like the original, it's basically karaoke. And yeah. You can go to any bar and hear a drunk doing a version yes. of a karaoke song. <laughs> and obviously that was it, just mentioning the word drunk got Lee fired up. But we will take a very brief break. We'll jump right back in and let you start us off with your number 10 pick. Good job. Okay, we are back live. Audrey Fink, what is your 10th favorite cover song of all time and why? You Are My Sunshine is what I picked for number 10, covered by Zach Bryan, <laughs> who is kind of a new singer who's up and coming and doing great things, putting out a lot of music right now that's all original. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, this song was originally recorded in 1940 by a well-known Louisiana country music singer and politician named Jimmy Davis. Jimmy Davis did not write this song, but purchased it for the sum of $35 from a man named Paul Rice. Jimmy recorded the song and used it for his campaign playing the song while often riding on a horse named Sunshine. No doubt the song propelled him to victory in not one but two governor's races, which he served two full non-consecutive terms as governor as the state of Louisiana, first from 1944 to 48 and again from 1960 to 64. Now, in 1960, Davis ran as a Democrat on a segregationist ticket, but his <laughs> song itself was not an anti-civil rights anthem. And so needless to say, many well-respected artists have covered this song, over the decades, including Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, and Johnny Cash. And one of my favorite is Zach Bryan. I'm on a Zach Bryan kick right now, but <laughs> he does so good on this song. And um, I love how haunting the lyrics can be of this song. When people sing it, it kind of sounds like a heartwarming lullaby, like in that Johnson's commercial, <laughs> or that Johnson & Johnson's commercial. But upon closer listening, the lyrics are actually heartbreaking, telling the sad story of an unrequited love. Uh, folks, I, I may be a little bit out of my league today. <laughs> Audrey brought facts. Facts. But this is a beautiful song, and I never knew the background to it. Never but did there are several versions yeah. out there that I love. You mentioned Cash's version. Love that. Chris Stapleton and his wife have a have a cover of it that I really like. It's bluesy. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I like this Zach Bryan, and it literally was just out this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this will very likely be the newest song we talk about today. It's off of his newest album that has like 30-some songs on it, which is a really good album you all should check out. But great pick to kick us off on our top 10 today, Audrey. You brought you. facts and story behind the song. You have obviously listened to this show and know what is expected, unlike your husband. But... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Who was on a previous episode yeah. that we shall not 
not not bring up any further. <laughs> so go ahead and uh, introduce this song one more time, and we'll play it for everybody. You are my sunshine, covered by Zach Bryan. sister angie all three sisters here in the same spot and i think angie was not familiar with zach bryan and we had to hose her down temporarily during the playing of that song <laughs> which he has a new fan <laughs> but it is time now for my number 10 favorite cover song of all time it is a song that was originally released in 1986 on two different albums one was called Solitude and Solitaire, and the other one was a soundtrack to The Karate Kid Part 2. <laughs> it is The Glory of Love, originally by Peter Cetera. Now, this song appears on the soundtrack originally for The Karate Kid Part 2, but it was originally written and intended to be on the soundtrack to Rocky Four. And another Peter Cetera song ended up being on there, which is, was all, I played on a couple episodes ago, and that is Hearts on Fire. Woo! The cover I'm choosing is from 2002, and that is New Found Glory, right. a pop punk band. It is off their album, From the Screen to Your Stereo, in which they cover all songs from different movies. They cover the Goonies theme, The Goonies Are Good Enough, Cindy Lauper, My Heart Will Go On, Celine Dion, and on and on. Now, the original hit number one on the Billboard charts back in 1986, and it did earn nominations at the Golden Globes and the Oscars for Best Original Song, but did not win. Audrey, are you familiar with Newfound Glory at all? Um, I have heard of them and I don't listen to them, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I can't wait to hear that's the song. Perfectly all right. <laughs> I know the song, <laughs> yes, but I will not ramble on any further. This was my number 10 pick from 2002's From Your Screen to Your Stereo, Newfound Glory, covering from the Karate Kid Part 2, The Glory of Love. <laughs> I will always love you I will never leave 
back counting down our 10 favorite cover songs of all time. Now, Audrey, I had a very difficult time with this list. I probably wadded this one up more than any other top 10 countdown I've done so far. I think I went through eight different versions <laughs> of 20 different songs before I set it on 10. And then I had like five different versions of how I ranked those 10. So did you have a hard time putting this list together? Or did you have just right out of the gate pretty much knew what you I wanted to do? I did have a hard time putting this list together. Maybe not as hard of a time as you did. <laughs> I decided to pick about 15 or 20 songs because there's so many that I like. But I Absolutely. had to narrow it down to start out. <laughs> and then from that, you know, I uh, went from there. And some of the songs, they changed positions several yep. times. So I crumpled those lists and started over again. And, you know, uh, some of them climbed the list uh, that started at the back. And it's it was fun. <laughs> so, all right. So... Let's go ahead and go to your number nine pick. Let's let's go ahead and talk about what it is and why. All righty. I picked number nine to be Crimson and Clover, a song, a song originally recorded by the 1960s American psychedelic pop rock band Tommy James and the Shondells. This song became a number one hit for the group in 1969 in the U.S. and in four other countries. Crimson and Clover hit the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 again in 1982, rising to number seven after rockers Joan Jett and the Blackhearts recorded it for their 1981 debut LP. It's a sweet and simple song about love maybe. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts do what they do best, and that's rock it out. And for that reason, it will always be one of my favorite covers. Great pick. Great, good pick. This is a cover that I prefer to the original. Uh, which may or may not be the truth in all of our songs today, but this is, I, I preferred uh, the Joan Jett version to the original by Tommy James and the Shondells. So without further ado, here's Audrey's number nine pick, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts with Crimson and Clover. For my number nine pick, it is a song originally released on 1988's album Surfa Rosa by one of my favorite bands, the Pixies. Now, let me ask: Does anybody in our audience today saw have you watched the movie Fight Club? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so when this album, when this song was released in '88, it was a minor hit. It act when. Fight Club was released 
It is the song that is used in the closing credits, and it charted because of that movie for the first time, uh, about 12 years after its initial release. The cover I'm talking about today is by one of my favorite modern bands, Trampled by Turtles. Yeah. It cannot be found on any of their albums, but they did release it as a single in 2012. Uh, I think you are familiar with Trampled by Turtles a little bit, Audrey, correct? Yes, I listen to them. They're on my yes. playlist. <laughs> and they are fantastic live. Uh, they are a bluegrass slash jam band. Sometimes they'll play like a 10-minute version of a song. With uh, They don't have any drums. They have two violinists or fiddle players. Uh, two guitar players, a bass, and, and a bassist. And they shred the violin in concert. They literally shred it to where it is no longer playable by the end of the show. So this is definitely a unique take on the original. The Pixies are hard alternative rock, uh, one of the forefathers of grunge. Uh, they inspired Nirvana and other grunge bands greatly. One of my favorite bands I've been fortunate enough to see them live. Been fortunate enough to see Trampled by Turtles live. I have not been fortunate enough to see either of them play this song live. But here are Trampled by Turtles covering Where Is My Mind, originally by the Pixies. Nice. Yeah. favorite cover song of all time. What do you have for us at number eight, Audrey? I have Walk This Way. <laughs> I love this dirty, dirty song <laughs> by the American rock band Aerosmith. The song was written by Steven Tyler and Joe Perry and originally released on their 1975 album titled Toys in the Attic. They had a successful string of hit singles in, in the 1970s, and this song was one that helped Aerosmith break through to mainstream. The song also helped revitalize the band's career in 1986 when the rap group Run DMC featured a cover in collaboration with Aerosmith of Walk This Way on their third album titled Raising Hell. Raising Hell went on to become the first rap album to be certified platinum and triple platinum one year later, making Run DMC the first hip-hop act to go multi-platinum. I've included Walk This Way in my top 10 because I love singing along to this song and it is part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll list, and rightfully so. 
Together, these two groups broke down the barrier that separated rock and rap and changed music history for all time. <laughs> Number one, fantastic pick. Number two, thank you for doing your research. You obviously Thanks. didn't put this together this morning like Lee did when he and I recorded our episode. And you are 100% correct. This, because Errol Smith actually, you know, recorded a video with Run DMC yes. for this. And that probably more than anything led to the acceptance of hip hop or rap to the rock and roll mainstream listening yes. audience. And it is a fantastic cover. You said all that needs to be said, so we'll go ahead and play it now for our listeners. Here he is Run Walk DMC <laughs> covering Errol Smith. Walk this way. Time for my number eight pick, and I want to give a couple caveats really quick before I make this pick. Now, I didn't hold Audrey to this, I didn't even tell her about it, but I self imposed two rules for myself on this particular countdown. Number one, I would not have more than one song from an original artist, and number two, I would not have more than one cover song from the artist covering that particular song. Now, I could have done a top 10 of Bob Dylan covers only. But I held myself to just one cover of a Bob Dylan song. Now, let me ask the audience real quick. Can anybody name a cover of a Bob Dylan song? Anybody? Shout it out. Along the Watchtower. Along the Watchtower, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, yeah, the birds covered Mr. Tambourine Man. Uh, Forever Young, Rod Stewart. Uh, Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show is a Bob Dylan cover, but I did not pick any of those. I picked a cover of a Bob Dylan song from the White Stripes from their debut album, and I struggled with this on two fonts. I also really wanted to pick the White Stripes cover of Dolly Parton's Jolene, which is a fantastic cover, but I ended up going with this one. It is Originally from the 1976 Bob Dylan album called Desire, it is called One More Cup of Coffee. Now, do you like the White Stripes at all, Audrey? You I've listened to yeah. them. I don't know if I'm a huge fan, but I've listened to them. Yes. I was introduced to the White Stripes in 2001 
when they opened for the Rolling Stones at a concert I went to, and I was blown away. Awesome. And I have been a fan since. Jack White is a mus- literally genius when it comes to music. Uh, they obviously are no longer together. They broke up several years back. Uh, do you? I know you like Bob Dylan a little bit. Uh, I know your sister does not at all. Dixie hates him. Hates. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she generally hates. She generally hates Bob Dylan. Can I? Okay. Last year. Last year, I got tickets to my birthday to see him. She fell asleep. I literally She fell asleep. Through Bob Dylan. No, Lee, you don't fall asleep. You pass out. But without further ado, from their debut album, self-titled The White Stripes, covering Bob Dylan's One More Cup of Coffee. seventh favorite cover song of all time well i'm from ohio so i picked number seven to be the song ohio (laughs) this song was inspired by and written in protest to the horrific events that unfolded on may the 4th 1970 known as the kent state massacre this tragedy took place 40 miles south of cleveland we're near cleveland today in kent ohio on the campus of kent state university Four students were killed and nine others wounded while attending a peace rally. 28 Ohio National Guard soldiers fired approximately 70 rounds into the gathering of some 300 unarmed students as an attempt to disperse the crowd. The peace rally was held to protest our nation's expanding involvement of the Vietnam War into Cambodia. The rally also protested the presence of the Ohio National Guard on campus. The fatal shootings triggered outrage among campuses throughout the country, sparking the largest student strike in U.S. history at the time, where over 4 million students participated in organized walkouts in university and college and high school campuses across the United States. As you can imagine, Ohio and the nation was shocked and in mourning, so much so that this moved American singer-songwriter Neil Young to reportedly go off into the woods alone and emerge an hour later with this powerful song, which basically called out our government for killing its children. Neil Young's song quickly and easily became a protest song for the Vietnam War. 
Ohio strikes a chord with me, though this incident happened before I was born, because the Kent State Massacre is something that is still remembered and still talked about in the state of Ohio. Since we will never forget what happened, this song sparks emotion among listeners, and I think Kentucky native and musician Kelsey Walden, who mm. you've introduced me to her music, does an excellent job delivering this one on her 2020 album titled They'll Never Keep Us Down. A perfect title for that album, in my opinion, for every song on that one, belts a deeper message. Fantastic pick. Good. Uh, Thank you. Great research. I don't have a whole lot to add, but one thing. If you read about this song, historians, not just musically, but of American history, feel that this two this was a turning point on two fronts. Number one, the end of peace, love, 60s, and number two, to the greater American conscience and not just teenagers and young adults of turning against the, mil mili uh, the militization complex and the Vietnam War. That's right. So it was a genuine turning point, not just in music history, but American history. Yes. So go ahead one more time and introduce this and we'll play it for our audience. Uh, the song Ohio by Kelsey Walden. Now time for my seventh favorite cover of all time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know what I've picked no, yet. I bet it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> yep. Uh, it is a song originally released in 1989 by Guns N' Roses nice. off of their EP GNR Lies, which wasn't a technically an album, but like a collection of outtakes and a couple of live songs. And this song originally went to number four on the Billboard charts back in 89, making it one of Guns N' Roses' biggest hits. I'm, of course, of talking about Patience. And my wife, Dixie, is here in the audience today. And this is one of our one or two songs that we share together because we, when we first started dating, uh, we got out after a late night and it was raining and this was on and I just kept it playing and we slow danced in the rain to this thing. Yes. We most Yay. certainly did. <laughs> and it, and it, 
And it will always hold a special place in my heart because of that. And the cover I'm choosing was released in 2001, several, uh, two years after his death by Chris Cornell, the lead singer of Soundgarden and Audio Slave. His family released uh, an album of covers that he had recorded before he passed. And he's got covers of Nothing Compares to You on there, Watching the Wheels, se uh, several others. But I love his take on this. Uh, that album is called No One Sings Like You Anymore. And if you've ever heard Chris Cornell sing, you know that to be true. So I do know two things, Audrey. I do know that you do like Guns N' Roses and you like Soundgarden. Have you heard this cover? I have not heard this cover. So I can't wait. All right. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, we'll let you and everyone else listening go ahead and hear it now. Here's Chris Cornell with one of the very last songs he ever recorded before he died, covering Guns N' Roses, Patience. Yeah, Shed a tear cause I'm missing you And we each only have one pick left before we get to the top five. Once again, we, meaning me, Brian Combs, and Audrey Fink, are picking our 10 favorite cover songs of all time. And it is time now for Audrey to announce her number six pick. Already? Yes. <laughs> okay, my number six pick is Black Betty. I know everyone yeah, has heard whoa. this song. <laughs> and you may ask, who's Black Betty? <laughs> There's only one question to answer that, and that is that there is no, <laughs> no answer <laughs> to that question. <laughs> or there's several answers to that question. Some have speculated that the term Black Betty refers to a whip. Others have said it's a bottle of whiskey, a paddy wagon, or a woman. I guess it's whatever the singer wants it to be. American folk blues musician Huddy Ledbetter, also known as Lead Belly, is often accredited for being the author of this song. In truth, he is not. Lead Belly released this song in 1939. The song itself has roots in African-American folk and work music. He probably heard the song in prison, which is where he got his name Lead Belly. And that's a whole story I, I, I about why he was in why. prison. I don't want oh, to know Oh, come why. on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's mate, interesting. Okay, go ahead. 
<laughs> he was arrested and charged with murder on two separate occasions for stabbing a man to death and another occasion for attempted murder. He spent time in prison for all three. For the two murders, he got out of prison early for a song. He sang the warden a song, and they let him out early. <laughs> wow. Damn. So it's interesting. If you ever get a chance, Google it, look that up. <laughs> uh, musician Bill Bartlett of the American rock band Ram Jam modified the lyrics to Black Betty and made it into a rock song and recorded it in 1977. Bartlett actually recorded this song with a band that he was in previously named Starstruck. Starstruck is the band playing that song on Ram Jam's first album. Uh, today, Ram Jam version is widely popular. It's played at sporting events, in movies, TV shows, and even video games. I enjoy the high energy of this song, and that's why I rocked it in at number six. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic pick. And you, you I've Thank actually you. learned some stuff today. You obviously came prepared, <laughs> and I, honest to God, did not know this was a cover. Surprise! Wow. So here is Ram Jam covering Black Let Betty by originally Led who? <laughs> Led Belly. Led Belly. <laughs> Okay, we are now time for my sixth favorite cover, and I'll talk about it briefly. We'll play it, and then we'll take a intermission. So, my, my sixth pick was originally written, recorded, and performed in 1967 by Louis Armstrong. Of course, I'm talking about What a Wonderful World. Oh, great song covered by many artists over the years. The particular version that I have chosen today is my sixth favorite cover of all time was released in 2002 on the only solo album ever released by the lead singer of the Ramones, Joey Ramone. Joey in 2001 was diagnosed with terminal cancer. He didn't let anyone know other than his closest friends and family. And he went into the studio to record what he knew would be the last thing he ever did musically. It was an album called Don't Worry About Me, and it wasn't released until two months after he passed away. And 
he was on record of saying this was one of his favorite songs of all time, and he wanted to record it before he passed away. I'm sure, Audrey, you're definitely familiar with the original, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, one of the all-time great songs. Louis Armstrong has one of the greatest voices ever. It's a beautiful song. Beautiful, beautiful song. We'll go ahead now and play Joey Ramone's version, one of the last things he ever recorded for, before he passed away. Here he is covering the classic Louis Armstrong song, What a Wonderful World. Yes. <laughs> cover songs of all time at least according to me and my co-host today audrey fink we're into the top five the best of the best uh without further ado kick us off with your number five favorite cover song of all time audrey coming in at number five is rusty cage i know you know this song brian we just talked about chris cornell <laughs> Yes. Uh, this song was released in 1992 by American rock grunge metal band Soundgarden. Yes. The song was included on their third studio album titled Bad Motor Finger. Absolutely. Got to say that one slowly and correctly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Frontman Chris Cornell explained during an interview with Spin Magazine that the song was inspired by a time spent in a claustrophobic tour bus while on tour in Europe. Yes. Maybe American... Musician Johnny Cash could relate to that feeling. Cash covered the Rusty Cage, adding the song to his 1996 Grammy-winning album titled Unchained. It's been said that at least at three live shows, Chris Cornell introed the song Rusty Cage with a sincere dedication to Cash. Later on, Cornell's acoustic tour in 2015, he started to include the song in the set list mm -hmm. using Cash's country rock arrangement. Uh, I chose this song because I feel the cover artist did it justice musically, and even the original artist couldn't deny that. Fantastic pick. I'm so happy you picked this song because yeah. I, I almost did, but I have a different Johnny Cash cover later. I know. We're breaking the rules here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is off of one of the American recording albums that Rick Rubin produced with Johnny Cash at the twilight of his career. 
And Johnny Cash was not at his peak. In fact, he was playing in Branson nightly in front of like 100 folks when Rick Rubin and he got together and started producing these American recordings of mainly cover songs rearranged. And it literally led to a late, late career renaissance for Johnny and introduced him to a whole new generation of young people. And you and I both love Johnny. He's one of our all-time yeah. favorites. He is an actual badass. He's had his iron in all the fires. He, <laughs> yes. He's one of the greatest of all time. He, he is an authentic outlaw when that term is co-opted and overused, especially yes. today. So go ahead and introduce this song one more time. This is your number five favorite cover, and it is... Rusty Cage. You wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nails. You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil. But I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. Burning diesel, burning dinosaur bone. I'll take the river down to Stillwater and ride a pack of dogs. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my. It is now time for my fifth favorite cover of all time. It is a song originally written and released in 1984 by a German group called Alphaville. There you go. It is also a song whose original version was mentioned and featured on our top 10 soundtrack countdown a couple weeks ago. So this is called Forever Young, originally by Alphaville, and it is not to be confused with the Bob Dylan slash Rod Stewart song, Forever Young. <laughs> Which should be right. But totally yeah. different. <laughs> so if you just listen to the Alphaville version and you don't listen to the words, you think this is a happy-go-lucky song. It is very much not so. It is a very depressing, sad-ass song, and I do love a sad-ass song. In 2011, Brandi Carlisle, my favorite female vocalist of all time, did a live album with the Seattle Symphony at Bernora Hall in Seattle and covered this song in her encore. So this version of hers has never been recorded in studio. It was a one-off live recording. No studio help. So do you, are you familiar with either versions of this song, Audrey? Hmm. Uh, the original, yes. Okay. So. <laughs> that's, to the point. that's fine. Here he is, originally from 1984, the German band Alphaville. 
covered superior in my opinion in 2011 live in concert by brandy carlisle with forever young let us dance and stand let us dance for a while heaven can wait we're only watching the skies Hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Are they gonna drop the bomb or not? Let us die young and let us live forever. We don't have the power, but we never say never. Sitting in a sand pit, life is a short trip. The music's for a sad man. Can you imagine when this race is won? Turn our golden faces. Into the sun, we're praising our leaders and getting in tune. The music's made by a bad man. Forever young, I wanna be forever young. Do you really wanna live forever, forever, or never? Audrey, it is time now for your fourth favorite cover song of all time. What do you have for us at number four? Number four, I picked R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> what does that mean to you? What's that mean to me? All right, tell us about I it. I want to tell you about it. An original song written by American soul singer Otis Redding in 1965. It was a song about a man of the house's plea for respect at home. And that was all good until 1967 when the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, yeah. did a little rearrangement to the lyrics and transformed it into a song of women's empowerment. Yeah. It later became an anthem for the civil rights movement. Her arrangement and performance made the song popular among people from all walks of life. Otis finally warmed up to the fact that she stole his song. <laughs> While this single song became the most important one of her career, she ironically was never paid royalties for the millions of times her voice covered the song or carried the song over the radio waves. The copyright laws at the time granted the protection of musical works and granted exclusive performance rights to the composer, which meant Otis got paid every time that song played or Otis's estate, which, you know, he passed away, but the owners of the sound recordings did not. While Aretha wasn't paid royalties for radio play, she still recognized that this song uh, did great things for her career, and for that she felt blessed. It was an important song then and still is today. The message is clear. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Respect. <laughs> Fantastic pick. I don't have anything to add. We'll go ahead and play it. Here is Aretha Franklin covering Respect, R-E-C-P-E-T. They should have paid that one.
everyone goes on about Carrie Underwood's legs. We're back. And yes, we were talking about Tina Turner and Carrie Underwood's legs during the intermission. So it is now time for my fourth favorite cover of all time, and it will be the lone cover by the late, great Johnny Cash. Audrey, just a couple picks ago, picked Rusty Cage. I'm picking one that was originally from 1994, and we were recording this right outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and it was from Cleveland, Ohio's own Nine Inch Nails from their <laughs> album, Downward Spiral. I'm course of speaking of Hurt, which if you look up any list of the greatest covers of all time, it is almost always number one, except on this list. It's, <laughs> it's number four. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about it. It was an industrial rock song in the, in the early to mid-90s, and Johnny Cash, very much in the twilight of his career, literally before he passed away, released a version of it in 2002 off of his album American 4, The Man Comes Around, which was, just like Audrey's pick, produced by Rick Rubin. So I want you all to think about something for a minute. Who here has ever watched the MTV Music Video Awards? Yeah. It's mostly shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. So... In 2002, here were the nominees for Video of the Year at the MTV Video Music Awards. Justin Timberlake, Eminem, 50 Cent, and Johnny Cash. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he filmed a video at his home with his wife, June Carter, which is... Pretty much the consensus is, is the greatest music video of all time. It is heartbreaking. It is for his cover of Hurt. It's basically he and her at a piano throwing away old artifacts of their life, knowing that their time on earth is pretty much done. And it was because she died just a few weeks after this song, and he died about a year after that. So I know you have had at least heard this Particular cover, right, Audrey? Oh, it's a good one. It it is great, and it is gut wrenching, especially the video. I've never seen the video. <laughs> I highly recommend everybody looks it up and then cry because it, it is absolutely heartbreaking. Here is Johnny Cash covering Nine Inch Nails, "Hurt." myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole the old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become? My sweetest friend 
to our listening audience our 10 favorite cover songs of all time audrey what do you have for us at number three number three me and bobby mcgee <laughs> yes yes <laughs> this song was written by retired american singer songwriter and actor chris christopherson now you know you could go on and on about chris christopherson <laughs> he's awesome in his own right and if you ever get a chance to look him up Look Didn't up his history, where he started from. <laughs> Shut up, Lee. <laughs> this, the song was featured on his debut album titled Christofferson in 1970. It was a well-loved song and covered by many well-known singers, including his close friend and rock star Janis Joplin. Joplin, a feisty little lady with a huge soulful voice, recorded this song for her album titled Pearl in 1970. Sadly, days after recording the album, Joplin's untimely death occurred. Pearl was released three months following, and me and Bobby McGee peaked at number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart in 1971. Not only did this song go to number one, the album did as well. Uh, according to the official Janis Joplin website, the album Pearl, which is a multi-platinum, a quadruple platinum, <laughs> I think it is, uh, has been re-released in honor of its 50th anniversary last year. So that would be awesome to listen to that. <laughs> I've chosen this particular cover because Joplin's undeniable talent shines through during her performance of this song. After listening, you can understand how she made the song soar to number one. And if you ever see any of her videos on YouTube where she performs, she puts her uh, whole body and soul into every song she sings, and she's fun to watch. <laughs> Great pick, great pick. Thank you. The only thing I'll add is, for the love of God, folks, if you've never watched, like what Audrey just said, a video of Janice singing live, watch it. Please. You will. You can almost see her actual soul leaving her body yes. while she is singing. So here she is covering the Chris Christopherson song, Me and Bobby McGee. The secrets of my soul Through all kinds of weather To everything we've done You found me, baby Help me from the whole One day of near Selene Sloan I let him slip away He's looking for that home And I hope he finds it But I train all of my tomorrows For one single yesterday Next to mine Freedom is just another word For nothing left to lose Nothing That's all that Bobby left me But if feeling good was easy Loud on when he sang the blues Hey, feeling good was good 
favorite cover of all time and i was educated by audrey earlier that black betty was originally a lead betty cover yep. lead belly it's hard to say um, <laughs> so this is and this song has a long history it was originally written and recorded by the founder and father of bluegrass bill monroe and then it was later covered by lead belly and many, many years later, covered at this, the closing song from their set in 1994's MTV Unplugged by Nirvana. And it is the, one of the last known recordings sung by Kurt Cobain before he killed himself. I am speaking of Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Good one. All right. So, a couple things about this version. So, think about Nirvana when they went to MTV Unplugged. Their third album, In Utero, was number one. They were literally the biggest band on the planet. They had two albums full of hits. They chose to close their set by singing an 80-year-old bluegrass song. <laughs> which is crazy. That is crazy. Uh, and when they got done, the producer of Unplugged came out and said, please play one more. And Cobain said, no, we can't top that. <laughs> and they probably couldn't. And I have always felt that Cobain knew he was going to kill himself when they done Unplugged. If you watch it, it's unlike any other Unplugged that MTV ever put out back when they actually put out music. They had candles all around them. It was a very eerie concert. It, and at the very end of this song, Cobain literally just gives a scream that is so haunting. And I think that that was him just pretty much laying it all down, saying, this is it for me. You're not going to hear from me again. And I'll never, and you know, our young listeners get news instantly. And I was 14 and I loved Nirvana and I loved Pearl Jam at the time. And I would always go get the paper from down the driveway, the Lexington Hurl Leader from my dad. And I got it. And when I was walking back, I saw something about singer and suicide and I opened it up and there it was. He'd killed himself. That's how I found out and I cried. 14 years old. And he, like Janice Joplin, who Otter just talked about, both died at the age of 27, along with Jimi Hendrix, along with Jim Morrison, and a few others. And there's just something, I think, cursed by the age of 27 for a musician. And uh, my daughter clapped when I announced this. She, Natalie, she loves Nirvana. So their music remains relevant, especially for teenagers, 30 years after they recorded it. So here's my third favorite cover of all time, originally by Mill Monroe, then Lead Belly, 
And then at 1994's MTV Unplugged, the closing song of that set, Nirvana, with Where Did You Sleep Last Night? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine, I will shiver the whole night through. left each we're counting down our 10 favorite cover songs of all time audrey what is your second favorite cover now this song is the one that i had trouble placing in my list of top 10 it kept climbing its way up <laughs> you know up the list as it started out in the back and it ended up at number two and it's four walls of rayford lee probably would have wanted it to be number one on his list but this isn't Lee's list. So. <laughs> uh, this was a song written by the late Ronnie Van Zant of the famous Southern rock band Leonard Skinner. Four Walls of Rayford was released in 1987 on an album titled Legend. It contains previously unreleased demos from the albums before the 1977 plane crash, which took the lives of lead singer Ronnie Van Zant and also Stephen Casey Gaines. True Leonard Skinner fans ate this album up because it was a chance to hear the old sound again. The song is about a Vietnam veteran who returns home to find no work to support his family and ends up convicted and thrown into Rayford, which is a prison in Florida, for armed robbery. He believes he's been wrongly accused, and after two years, he breaks out knowing that he may be killed if he's caught. Mm. This bluesy and soulful song is covered by a band I've seen live, and you have too, yes. a handful of times, out of Cincinnati, Ohio, the Buffalo Wobs and the Price Hill Hustle. Yes. Every time they perform this song, it's so powerfully delivered that I couldn't help but make it my number two. Casey Campbell blows us away on vocals, and it's one of my all-time favorite songs to hear played by one of my all-time favorite bands to see live. Number one. Great pick. Thank you. Almost made my list. I will say that if you ever get a chance to see the Wobs live, please do so. Oh, so they good. tour all around Kentucky, Ohio, neighboring states. And if you're in the audience watching them live and you see Casey get down underneath his drum set and bring out a rusty-ass chain, you know it's getting real because they're about to play this song. <laughs> and it, I love their cover. I actually prefer it to the original. Or 
That's awesome. Or Jamie Johnson's version. Yes, it, 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 it's it, by far my favorite version of this song. Than the original. So we introduce it one more time and we'll play it for everybody who may not be familiar with it. The Four Walls of Rayford. I'm guilty. When they find me, I must die. But only me and Jesus knows I ain't never stole die. for my second favorite cover song of all time and i will say this i for, i knew in some order what my number one and two would be and they were pretty much tied until i learned a new fact about what we end up being my number one that i will tell later and it was literally the only thing that separated it from my number two and at the beginning of this episode audrey and i talked about how most of our favorite covers take the original and turn it to something new, basically just using the lyrics only. And this is, to me, the best example of that. This is originally from 1984, born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen, Dancing in the Dark. Now, okay. <laughs> so let's think about Anybody that just has casually listened to this song is so music-wise upbeat. But strip it away and listen to the words. It is very depressing. And the story goes, they were in the studio and they pretty much had Born in the USA album done. And the record label told Bruce there's not a hit on this record. And they were damn wrong because he had seven top ten hits on it. And they said, give us one more song. He had these lyrics in his notebook, and I don't know when they were written, but he'd had them a while. So he said, fine, I'll take the most depressing lyrics I have and try to make it as happy as possible. And they cut this real quick, and it ended up being his biggest hit chart-wise ever. He's never had a number one song, by the way, which is shocking to me. But this is, it reached number two in 84. It was the biggest hit off that album, even more than the title track. The first time I saw Bruce was in 2001 on the reunion tour with the E Street Band in Cincinnati, Ohio at U.S. Bank Arena. At the beginning of the encore, he came out alone, sans the E Street Band, and played an acoustic solo stripped-down cover of this, and it totally changed the way I thought about it because I realized at that time, man, this is really sad. It is about a guy who is unhappy with himself, who literally wants to change everything about himself, external and internally. 
The next year, I heard the debut album by one Pete Yorn, who, like Bruce, is from New Jersey. And he had this as a hidden track at the end of that, his version of it. Like the Bruce version I heard in concert, stripped down and acoustic. And I absolutely love his take on Dancing in the Dark. You Now, Otter, you very well may not be familiar with this cover, but almost everybody has at least heard the original. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I take some flack from people because of how much I love Bruce, and that's fine. I am I, unabashedly a Bruce Springsteen fan. Andy. He is, with the exception of Pearl Jam, the best live performer I've ever seen. He never has an opening act, and he literally will give you a minimum of three hours and sometimes four. But here he is Pete Yorn at the age of 20 covering Bruce Springsteen's classic. Dancing in the dark. One, two, cover songs of all time. Audrey, we have heard 10 through 2. All have been great picks. You have come prepared. Let me thank you wholeheartedly for not just being on this show, but bringing the heat to this show. <laughs> You're welcome. I, you have been fantastic. So without further ado, what is your favorite cover of all time? And why? Alrighty, my number one favorite cover of all time is called the song So Far Away. And this song is Nickelback. <laughs> not Nickelback. <laughs> that is blasphemy. Nickelback shall never be on this show. <laughs> now this song is known of, it's written by a, one of Britain's greatest rock bands of all time. 1970s group Dire Straits released this song as the opening track on their fifth studio album titled Brothers in Arms in 1985. 
Uh, this honestly, it really wasn't one of my favorite songs until I listened to Justin Wells's version, <laughs> Lexington, Kentucky's yes. own Justin Wells. Yes, a favorite of this show. <laughs> yes. He covers it on his 2015 album, Dawn in the Distance. Mm. I chose this one for my number one because Justin is my favorite singer. <laughs> Since you've introduced me to his music, I've listened to his albums and I love every song. And I have a Justin Wells fan wall in my home. <laughs> I loved his music from the start and seeing his live performances over the past few years. I've met him and talked to him and he's genuinely a very nice person filled with gratitude. He's a hard worker, an awesome musician, and he absolutely pours his soul into every lyric he sings. Yes, I agree with everything you just said. And Justin has been a guest of this show as well as my old radio show. He is literally one of the nicest people, period. A little long, one of the nicest people in the music business. What about that guitar? Uh, yeah, let me just say that obviously anybody that knows me knows I'm from Eastern Kentucky. And you know that uh, last month we were absolutely devastated by the worst flood in our history. And Justin took his Martin guitar that he had recorded this song and this album with, as well as played live for a decade and raffled it off and raised, I think, 11, 11 grand. Wow. And he gave every cent to the recovery effort in my hometown of Jackson. That is so cool. And I can't thank him enough for that. He is, he's just, he's the man. He's so lovable. Yes. <laughs> and here he is with, I'm going to let Audrey, since this is her favorite cover of all time, introduce it and we will play it for our listeners. So far away. I just can't see so far away from me. Okay, we're back. We're nearing the end. This has been a blast. I'm surprised my voice has held up. That is the biggest surprise of the day. More so than Lee Fink still being sober. <laughs> Please say genre. I'm not saying it this episode. No, you nothing in this His beer's getting hot. <laughs> Settle down, lady. We're almost done here. So it's time now for my favorite cover of all time. And I mentioned earlier on my number two pick that my second and number one picks were tied until I found out 
an interesting fact about this song, which I will reveal here just in a few seconds. This was originally released in 2002 on the sophomore album by Coldplay called A Rush of Blood to the Head. It is called The Scientist. It is covered in 2011 by the great Willie Nelson. And I will remember when I first heard this song. It was not released on any album by Willie. I was watching the Grammy Awards in 2011, as one does, disagreeing with all the winners, as one does, <laughs> and a Chipotle commercial come on. And I heard the opening chords to this particular cover, and I was like, I recognize this song. And then I heard Willie come in, and Willie has a very, whether you love him or hate him, you know he's Willie if you hear him sing. Mm -hmm. He has a one-of-a-kind voice. I said, holy hell, Willie Nelson is, <laughs> is singing Coldplay for Chipotle, of all things. <laughs> and he finally released a song about a year later on his album, Heroes. And this song cannot be found on any streaming platforms. So unless you illegally download it, this is the only place you will hear it. Now, why did I choose this over Dancing in the Dark? Because growing up, and from 1985 up until probably 1999, even more so than music, there is nothing I loved on this planet more than pro wrestling. Well, what does it have to do with anything? Well, one of the biggest stars in pro wrestling during that era was the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, what does this have to do with Willie Nelson and Coldplay? Well, I'll tell you. Randy Savage died of a massive heart attack on May 22nd, 2011. The next night on Monday Night Raw, the premier wrestling show that's still on today, they, the WWE, made a montage of Randy Savage's greatest moments throughout his career as a tribute to him the day after he passed away. And they set that montage to Willie Nelson's cover of Coldplay's The Scientist. And that put it over the edge and made it my number one cover of all time. Thanks to our audience. Especially thank you to Audrey Fink, who yeah. has been a fantastic co-host. Yeah. Playing us out today is the one and only Willie Nelson with The Scientist.
That One Show with Brian Combs is brought to you by Thatcher Barbecue Company and is written, produced, and recorded by me, Brian Combs. You can look me up on social media, on Twitter, at That One Show BC, on Instagram, at That One Show with Brian Combs, on Facebook, at That One Show Podcast, and on Patreon at That One Show. So go follow us along on any of those sites and please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, whichever you prefer. And finally, if you are enjoying this show, I ask from the bottom of my heart that you recommend it to at least one other person with whom you feel would enjoy it as well. Until next time, this has been That One Show with Brian Combs.